Hey everybody, this is Lance Lamb, I'm back with you again. We're going to be going into the second part of Haggai chapter 1. We're going to be focusing on verse 6, and we'll touch on a little bit of, uh, we'll touch on a little bit of 8, maybe 9, but what I want to slow down and really go over is going to be specifically about, mainly about verse 6. We're going to talk about the parable of the talents, uh, which will be, if you want to go ahead and mark it, it's going to be over in Matthew 25, verses 14 through uh, 30. Uh, we're going to kind of paraphrase most of that. I'll focus on a few verses in there uh, so that we kind of get the gist of what we're trying to do. Um, the main point for today uh really is we're going to continue with the whole, you know, what has God given you that you're hiding from the world? You know, what is that one thing? And so hoping, I'm hoping that um, you guys have wrote down whatever that one or two things uh, may be and prayed about it, and hopefully uh, you guys have started to receive some some answers or some peace about whatever those things are, and I just pray that you walk that out and steward it. And um, don't go too fast, but, you know, do your due diligence to uh, have faith in the process and have faith that God has got you where He wants you and that whatever your thing is that God has given you, I want to encourage you, it's not too big. Okay, It is obtainable. Um, so with that, let's just kind of start back over. I'm just going to go over verse 6. And I'll read 7 and 8 uh, there in Haggai chapter 1. Okay. So, starting there in 6, it says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but not, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Verse 7, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Verse 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it. And be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. And we're just going to stop right there. So we're going to open up with that. Um, You know, this is something pretty near and dear to me because I still struggle with it some, if I'm being honest. Um, sometimes it's easy to transition and move in what God has me to do, and sometimes it's really hard because it may be so big or might have so much uh, responsibility tied to it that, uh, you know, it makes me a little nervous, but nervous in a good way that, um, you know, I want to do my due diligence and, and do the best I can for the Lord in those areas. Uh, one thing that we're going to talk about tonight is to make sure that we have a healthy fear of the Lord in moving in action rather than having a unhealthy fear where it freezes us up and, and we get uh, you know we get stale, we get we get stagnant uh, because we're afraid of messing up, and that's something that we most certainly can't do. Okay, so. Um, you know, just, just a little bit, you know, talking about that verse 6. 
basically um, I'll just give a little bit of a, a background for myself so you know I had a business a few years ago and when I first started I started off in body work and I've been doing paint and body work for a little over 15 years and so that was kind of bread and butter and it was easy and I knew how to do it and all that and so I started making really good money and the first year was such a blessing because you know I made the same amount of money as I did when I left my my you know I guess typical safe job and so um, that was really awesome uh, but it quickly turned into the fact that I kind of got ungrounded and I let opportunity in the world kind of pull me uh, and use some of my other talents that which we're going to talk about some of that stuff to where I saw opportunity and I thought well God made me do it or excuse me if God gave me to do it and the talent and ability to do it then what am I waiting on? He must, uh, you know, this must be from the Lord. But without getting too much ahead of myself, I'm just going to leave that there. I just want to, you know, give you guys an example as much as I can so you can relate in your own way. And so what am I saying? What I'm saying is, is when I started my business, you know, I started slow and I did the one thing God opened the door for me to do. But once I got, you know, my feet and I tasted a little bit of success, I thought, well, time to grow and the problem with that was it wasn't God's time for me to grow I took matters in my own hands and I wanted to grow as fast as I wanted to because I saw dollar signs I saw opportunity I saw growth I saw building I saw more employees and, and I got fixated and that's and it's okay to be ambitious and do those things but like ambition and your plans and everything that you know how to do we still have to take those things step by step and we have to steward and go slow um, so that we can handle success or you know more business more money more employees more anything at those other levels you know we can't just start off with five dollars in our pocket and go get a a part-time job and then turn around and say well I'm just you know in a year I'm gonna go from making you know $500 a month to starting my online store because I saw somebody else do it and somehow magically I'm just gonna be a millionaire while I sit at the house you know making money on on an online business and I'll be a self-made millionaire at 20 like it's not it doesn't work that way and sometimes um, even like myself, I didn't think of it in those terms. For me, it made perfect sense. I didn't really see any of the warning signs, but when I stepped in and started adding to my business, it actually crumbled it. And so um, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but either way. So, um, you know, right there in verse 6, what all that is actually saying is no matter how hard you try, if you're doing it for yourself, and you're putting off what the Lord gave you to do, it's never going to be enough. You're never going to have enough to eat. Your house is never going to be good enough or pretty enough or, or keeping up with the Joneses enough. Your car is not going to be good enough. Uh, no matter how much overtime or extra work you do or, or a job on the side, because I've done it, you think, okay, I can get ahead this way. And somehow at the end, if we're honest, you know, and we're doing it because we feel like we need to take charge and do it, Somehow it never ends up being enough anyway. And so really it's all wasted time. And so in that, that wasted time, what could we be doing? 
You know, how much time did we neglect our kids or, or our wives, family members? How much time did we neglect, uh, you know, spending time uh, maybe with other people that we could have had an opportunity to, you know, just sit down and listen and, and minister or just simply be an ear to other people in passing or at work or at church or whatever because we were so busy worried about doing our thing to get us to a certain point. And so verse 6 is really jam-packed with, I think, something that everybody struggles with or has struggled with once or twice in their life. And if you haven't, um, in my opinion, you, you will. You're going to come across that decision of, you know, I got to do more. I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. And sometimes it's when you want to go harder and you think you got to do all these things to fill those gaps and to make more money and to, and to do those things, it very well could be that time that you need to cool the jets, put it in neutral, and just wait a minute. Okay? Now, before I go any further, there's nothing wrong with second jobs. There's nothing wrong with, with you know, making a backup plan. There's nothing wrong with paying down debt. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, nice house and cars. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is the motive, our heart's desire. That's what I'm getting at. Okay? So, um biggest thing that we do is procrastination is I'll, I'll get it tomorrow or do I really have to do it right now or God tells you to move and you get so frozen and, and scared stiff that you're going to mess up you don't do anything you just stay still because you want it to stay you know you want that talent you want that thing God gave you to stay nice and shiny and new and looking good and smelling good and like don't touch it and 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 the whole time you're like oh my god what am I going to do with it like I have it and I'm supposed to do this but what if I mess up? So we're going to cover all that, okay? So, um, let's go ahead and go over to Matthew 25 and just kind of go over this parable of talents. It's something, it's a story in the Bible that really hits home for me. And we're going to try to break it down to where hopefully it's, you know, if you've never understood it or maybe never read it or read it a hundred times and you're just like, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, through this study, it's a little bit more pliable and, and maybe you can relate to it a little bit more. All right, so Matthew 25, 14. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own, here's the key, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Okay, so right off the bat, I want to focus on the fact that he gave, okay, to each of them according to his own ability. Right there. We're all different. We all have different talents. One has five, one has two, and one has one. Doesn't matter how many or how much or how big or whatever. Okay, focus on what God gave you because he's not going to give you more than you can handle. And that's something that a lot of us have heard but maybe have understood it or it's been said out of context. And so we understand it, but let's truly grasp what God tells us, you know, about those certain verses. So, um, again, I said he gave to each of them according to their ability. Now, verse 16, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who had two gained two, but he who had received uh, the one, he went and dug uh, in the ground and hid the Lord's money. 
So after a long time, the well, let's just stop right there. So the one who had five and two, they went out and they made money. It didn't say they waited, didn't say they doubted. Now, we don't know exactly what they did, but they went out and they stewarded whatever it was that God gave them, and they multiplied it. Okay, they worked it. They had faith in whatever it was that God gave them to do with it, and according to their ability, they knew what to do with it, and they went out and they you know, put it to work, so to speak, and gained five more and then two more. But the one who had one, he just went and dug it in the, in the ground, saved it. Um, so what happened? Fear set in. Okay? Verse 19, After a long time, the Lord uh, of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five uh, other talents, saying, Lord, delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, will make you a ruler over many. Enter into, enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth okay there's a lot in there and I don't have time to break it all down so we're just going to skim some of the basics and, we'll, and if you don't know by now what I'm going to try to focus on is the one with the one talent so what I want to say to you is do not fear, okay? Don't let fear infiltrate your foundation so that the first thing you think of is failure instead of accomplishment accomplishment and completion that is provided by God. Um, uh, if the first thing that we do is freak out because of the what if, then we are displaying more faith and fear than in the love of God, okay? And if we have, you know, if that's the case, uh, you know, I believe that we would have, we have a root problem, okay? There's something down deep that's either hurt us or wounded us in some way that, uh, that, that is, you know, that automatic fear of not being able or not being good enough or however you want to say that um, is very much a part of our daily thinking. And so if God were to drop something on us or give us an opportunity um, whether it be, a, you know, again, a job or uh, just an open door, okay? And we don't automatically jump on it or we don't recognize it, but rather we have fear control thinking first that keeps us stale, uh, then that's the reason why I say that I think we'd have a root problem, okay? 
Uh, remember in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I've, I've used that quite often. And I want to break that down just a little bit where it says, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Here's the thing, very simple. God didn't walk in fear. Neither did Jesus. Okay? So if if my father and Jesus, when he walked on this earth, if he wasn't afraid and if he didn't fear the devil, and and if I am a son of God because I've been saved and I believe in him and he lives on the inside of me, well, whatever he is, that's what I am. So if my God and my Father is not fearful, then neither am I. And so I want you to take hold of that, and I want you to to even say it. I want you to understand it. Uh, because if you don't know your position, then um, in a sense, you're out in the desert by yourself. You really don't know what direction to go. Okay? Um, and then right there where it says, but power and love and a sound mind. Okay? Power... And a sound mind come from love because where love is, uh, there's perfection. Okay, there's no fear, there's no what if, there's no, there's no anything. Love is from the Father, and if we have love and we walk by love and we are love, we understand what that really means. Then we wouldn't have fear. And out of that love comes power. Out of that love comes, or excuse me, out of that love comes a sound mind. In other words, we know exactly what we to do. We know exactly, uh, you know. Uh, what the first step would be. I mean, we may not know everything, but we have enough sense, so to speak, that out of the love of the Father, uh, we can get started and we can do what we're supposed to do. Okay? So, all right, moving on. So, back to the talents. You know, one thing I want to say, tying back into a little bit of my testimony about my business, it's not about how many talents God gives you or how big they are or, or whatever whether it be five or one, okay? Steward, we must steward whatever it is that God gave us. Just like me doing this podcast. You know, this is not something that I dreamed of. This is actually something that was uh, brought up to me by a good friend of mine. And quite honestly, I thought it was crazy at first, even though I know it's a good idea. But it's not something that I'm real comfortable with. I mean, I'll get comfortable, but I'm more interested in being obedient than I am being comfortable Okay, so, you know, back to the talents. You know, when I was running my business, I started with one thing. But I quickly wanted to grow to two or three things before God had promoted me to do that. But in my mind, I was tricked. In my mind, because I hadn't spent enough time with the Father, and I kind of drifted away, and my focus was more on money and success because of how well I was doing in the beginning. In a sense, I kind of thought I was untouchable because I was really doing, I was really doing well. So I figured, you know, yeah, I have enough, you know, uh, confidence in my abilities that I could do that. And God has gifted me with that, so why wouldn't I do it? And here's the thing I had to understand. And, and this, you know, something that I had to understand, you know, a year or so later after failing in my business was this. I stepped out too soon. And it wasn't that God said, no, you can't do it. It was that God said, no, now's not the time. You're not ready to do it. You don't have enough resources to do it. You don't have enough employees to do it. You know how to do it, and on paper, and you can you can strategize, and you talk it through, and you could do it, but right now is not the time. So it's not a, a factor of, well, God said no. It's more of the point of being obedient and being, you know, 
stewarding the one talent and happy and content and fully committed to the one talent until God said, okay, now's the time to do that idea that you've been thinking about for three years and that you've been preparing for, that you've been planning for. Now's the time. So I didn't understand that, but that's what I want to make sure we understand here. You know, the parable of talents, the five didn't look on to the two and say, man, I wish I had those two talents. And the two talents didn't look on to the five and say, boy, I wish I had three more so I could be like him. No, they stewarded what they had individually. And individually, God blessed them in their time and God grew them. They didn't grow themselves. God grew them. But it was out of obedience. So I want to take that right there and let's go back to verse 6 where it says, you know, you strive and you drink and you feel and you put money in your bag and it all goes to waste. It's never, you never gain. But in verse 8, it talks about go up on the mountain and grab some building materials and, and paraphrasing. Let's get after it and build what I'm telling you to build. In other words, prioritize and do what I told you to do first. You do what I told you to do first and give me, you give me your best and you do what I tell you to do first. Okay, then I'll bless the rest. You know, you're in my will. You do this first. There will come a time when what you hope for and what you are preparing for, it will also be blessed. Okay? So with that, I want to kind of start getting ready to end this thing with this. Whether you're in a business, you're at work, striving in college, uh, maybe in high school looking, you know, at sports or different programs, at home, you know, wanting to improve the yard of the house, your car, whatever. And even this, parents trying to propel their kids in so many areas so they make sure that their kid is like this shining, spotless star when on the inside they may be wearing them out. And I'm just going to throw that in there. I don't know why I said that, but I'm just throwing that in there. <coughs> Excuse me. Is this. Don't strive for more than what you can handle, even though you think you can. Not all opportunity is a God open door, okay? Um, I want to encourage you that if you think you're having them one of those moments, you think you're in an elevation time, you may be. I'm not doubting you. What I encourage you to do is make sure you pray about it and remember this, that the word and, and what God gives you, uh, you know, answering prayers and things like that, uh, get confirmation. The Word will confirm itself. The Trinity, um, you know, the Word will confirm itself. God will confirm Himself through people uh, who care about you, who are fervently praying as well, not just anybody, okay? Uh, I don't want to say too much. What I want to make sure that I make clear is be patient, wait on the Lord, listen, okay, between reading and prayer, and the leadership that is over you so that you hear clearly and you act accordingly, not on your own. So understand that the world, make no mistake, the devil knows what you like. The devil knows what you're good at, okay? Let's, let's, let's just get real for a minute. So he's going to throw things out there that he knows you're good at and that you like to throw you off where God has you. Why? Because the more you're striving for God, the less he has and the more he can't take away. Okay? The more defeated he already is. So his way of getting back at God is making uh, God's people 
okay, because we're made in the image of God, to fail and to get off track. I mean, that's his goal. So that's the reason why you have to look through opportunities. You have to discern the spirits. You have to get confirmation. You have to, you know, you know, go to your leadership, your trusted leadership. Pray. Listen, don't just jump the gun, okay? Um, so I think I've said enough. I don't want to ramble on too much. This is a very near and dear uh, subject to me. I've lived it. Um, I went from super high, uh, you know, and I've hit rock bottom. Um, so... Uh, my encouragement, like I said, is whatever God gave you, work it, steward it, be responsible with it, okay? And he will bless you in timing. Don't rush it. And don't jump on the very first thing that comes in the gate dressed in opt opportunity that lines perfectly up with what you're doing. And again, I'm not saying that it may not be an open door from God. What I'm saying is, don't jump the gate. Pray about it, discern it, and then move. God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of order. Remember that. Okay? And with that, when you move and do what he tells you to do, and you build his house, okay, and like we talked about on the last episode, you know, the house may not be a church. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to be called to be a, a preacher and evangelist and get on the road and all that. You may or may not. What I'm saying is, is, the temple, the church, in the very smallest form, is you. It's God living on the inside of you. So start with that and work up. For some of you, you've got that. For others, you may have faltered a little bit or, or might, you, know, you may not understand that. And you have to start there. Start wherever God has you. Focus only on Him and go up from there. I promise you, you'll have a testimony that I would love to hear and that others would love to hear so that we all strengthen in faith by the walk God has you on. Okay? And let's focus on that. That's my encouragement. Now, real quick, I'll spend a few minutes um, a little bit about my business so you can kind of, hopefully this will help just, you know, bring this home. I was working um, at a, um, a facility where we, you know, painted and built aircraft parts uh, for the government. And I left that job because, you know, God had told me, hey, it's time to separate. It's time to declare your independence from the world. Um, and I need you to step out and do what I'm, I need you to do. And what I was doing at the time was I was painting uh, Corvettes and, and old classics on the side. And so I stepped out and I, I went and talked to my boss and I told him I was flat out like, I you know, I feel like God is telling me to do this and, and it's my time and I have to do what he says and it's time to move. And and he was a little put off because it was kind of short notice, which is something I don't I don't ever do. But I was more concerned with being obedient than I was about, you know, being um, right and not hurting feelings and all that kind of stuff. And he was good with it. And so I left at about 8 o'clock that morning. And the time it took me to drive up to the shop that I was painting cars out of was about 30 minutes. And so without filling out an application, without having a whole bunch of money and backing, without having to shop anything, I go from one job, and in 30 minutes, I'm working on my next job, or basically the open, the, the beginning of my business. And I'm working on, you know, 70-something model Corvettes, 60-something model Corvettes, and, and I go right into just painting cars and making a pretty good living at it. And um, 
a few months later, you know, I had an opportunity to get into a shop and it was a little bit of a risk and, and, uh, you know, in hindsight, looking back, probably shouldn't have done it. Probably should have waited. You know, that's, I think that's when I started getting a little bit too ambitious for myself, but I thought I could handle it. And, um, uh, so I did and I continued painting cars, but then I, I quickly realized that I couldn't handle the building without doing more business. So what happened was, is one misstep led to a second misstep. And so now I'm trying to do dump trucks, you know, painting cabs on dump trucks and small parts. And, and I'm starting to do some welding repair jobs. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to just do whatever I got to do to keep the doors open. So I did all that. Well, as I went into the next year, I was doing less body work, less paint and more welding, but the work slowed down and it was more stress. It was more labor. It was more planning. It was, you know, I had to bring in two vendors to complete the job. So I'm having to go outside and wait on other people's schedules. Um, and I'll tell you the last thing that I painted before I totally switched over to more welding and projects was I was working on a 1966 silver Corvette that was uh, appraised at a little over 70000 before it came into the shop. And I had to get a whole lot of insurance on it and things like that. I mean, I was doing good work and I was doing fun jobs. Um, I just got ahead of myself. And it started with leaving the shop that I was working out of the back of. I just felt like, well, I mean, I need my shop. You know, I'm... I'm me now, you know, and it was dumb because I was only in it for three months and I'm thinking I just have to have a shop. And so one misstep led to a second misstep, led to another, led to another until the point I had to close my doors. Now I still have customers call me from time to time asking about paint jobs and repairs and, and, you know, can I do this and can I do that, which is great. But ultimately I took what God had given me and I tried to accelerate it on my own, thinking I was better than what I was, and I was growing faster than what I was, and I couldn't see where I was headed because, you know, of excitement, which is good, but I didn't slow down enough to consult and listen. I was too busy doing my thing, and I thought, I, I got this. There's nothing I can't do. And if, you know, and that's my attitude with anything. If anybody else can do it, I can. I, I don't really have a attitude of you know I can't do that um, now I get frustrated but I don't have an attitude that I don't have the ability and if I don't know how I'll guarantee I'll learn it and so I have that attitude and so when that happened I'm like shoot I can do that I can make it so just a little bit more background there just to help maybe tie the story in so that you guys uh, hopefully will be able to apply it and understand the full you know um start to finish on on how I had to learn this uh, lesson the hard way and now looking back I know I'll, I won't make that mistake again and I'll slow down because uh, God wants the best for us and he wants us to want what we're good at and what he made us to do but we can also very quickly step outside of that and mess it up so all right well that's enough for today um, I'm hoping that I helped you um, I just pray that the the seed that was planted the that God waters it, man, it's there and it simmers and you guys take a hold of it and pray. And I just pray that it, that it affects you guys uh, in a godly way. And then it helps you guys to grow and understand the word and, and, and be able to get in these pieces of scripture that we talked about and really just uh, let the word come alive in your life. Um, I just want to thank God for the opportunity. Um, and just, Father, I just, um, just want to thank uh, 
I just want to thank the Father for his continued love and obedience to his word. His word is above even his own name. And so I just thank him for just who he is. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so and I just pray that we just let God do his thing in our life. Okay. Um, Lord, I just pray over everybody that's, that's listening to this. I just pray blessings over them. And Father, and just um, that we just, everything we do, we glorify your name. Um, Father, we thank you and we look forward to the next, uh, uh, next meeting. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.